There's this quote from Wes Fessler. It says, The devil made me do it. And the Lord said, You have to forgive. Well, let me ask you something. What if you sold your soul to the devil? Is there a way back? Can the person be forgiven for making the deal with the devil? If not, then what now? Welcome to a brand new episode of Films Unchained Podcast, the place of breakdowns, movie analysis, and film talks. Right now we're in the month of October, this means I'll break down horror films, especially the underrated ones. And right here I'm going to break down a very underappreciated film released in 1987, Angel Heart, starring Mickey Rourke, who was super unrecognizable, Lisa Bonet, and the legend Robert De Niro. Heads up, if you like movies such as Memento, Shutter Island, and Rosemary's Baby, then you should watch Angel Heart because this film influenced Memento for its noir and mystery vibes. Angel Heart is based on the 1978 novel Falling Angel, written by William Hjortsberg, published in a detective style with supernatural themes. The film was written and directed by Alan Parker, who was known for directing many musicals, especially Pink Floyd's The Wall in 1982. You know how hard it was to find this film? I went through hell just to find it and watch it, and it was worth it. I'm glad I did, and we're going to analyze such an underrated film with the story, the symbols, just to name a few. Stoked to talk about Angel Heart because it is a hidden gem, and Robert De Niro's role as Louis Cipher was amazing and creepy. So let's get to it by first starting with the recap of what transpired in Angel Heart. flashbacks, elevators, superstition, and chicken. Those were the highlights I got from this film. We see Mickey Rourke as Detective Harry Angel getting a job from the mysterious Mr. Lewis Cipher to find Johnny Liebling, or Johnny Famous. He suffered from severe trauma in World War II, and he violated a contract that he had with Cipher, who doesn't take it lightly. He first tracked down a physician named Albert Fowler breaking down into his home. Fowler admits to falsifying Johnny's records of shell shock treatment, being bribed by a man and a woman. Angel locks him into his own bedroom until he gives him the entire information before he finds a doctor committed suicide. Harry wanted to end the entire search because he felt he was the suspect until Cypher offered him a lot of money just to get Liebling. After discovering more information, Angel traveled to New Orleans to meet Johnny's fiance. Margaret Cruzmark, who told him that Johnny is dead, or at least to her. He learned that Johnny had a love affair with Evangeline Proudfoot who died years ago, but survived by their teenage daughter, Epiphany. Harry tracked down Johnny's former bandmate and guitarist Toots Sweets, trying to capture him, but Toots told him to go back to Margaret, and things got bloody. The next day, Toots and Margaret were found murdered without knowing who did this, trying to cover Johnny's whereabouts. Angel got attacked by enforcers of Margaret's father, Ethan Cruzmark, threatening him to leave town. Calm before the thunderstorm, Harry finds Epiphany on his doorstep, 
invites her into his room, and they sleep together in an aggressive manner with visions of blood dripping and splashing around the room. The following transpired with Angel confronting Ethan Cruzmark in a gumbo hut, and it was revealed that it was him and Margaret who helped Johnny with his hideout. But there's hell to it. Johnny Liebling was an occultist who sold his soul to the devil in exchange for fame. Failing to honor the bargain, he kidnapped a soldier in Times Square and performed a ritual on him, stealing his soul by taking his heart out and eating it. Favorite took the identity of that soldier and got severe trauma after being drafted overseas. This led to him being sent to the hospital for treatment before the cruise marks took him out and left him in Times Square. Disgusted and terrified, Angel puked in the bathroom and demanded the identity of the soldier. But he found Cruzmark drowned in a boiling gumbo. Angel went to Margaret's home to find a vase that has a dog tag with the name of the soldier, stamped with the name Harry Angel. Crying out loud, broken down, and horrified, Harry Angel is Johnny Liebling the entire time. And not just that, Louis Seifert ended up being Lucifer, the devil all along, appearing in front of Johnny. Two plot twists within five minutes in the film. Harry insisted he knows who he is, but the devil reminds him that his reflection will always look at him straight in his eye. Angel was the one who killed Fowler, Margaret, and Toots, repressing his memories, but guided by Monsieur Cipher, embracing the saying, the devil made me do it. But the worst is yet to come. Famous ended up killing Epiphany at the hotel room with Angel's dog tags on her body and her son being carried by the police officer. Epiphany ended up being his daughter and her son being his grandson. Angel realized that he can't outsmart the devil and he's going to pay for what he did in hell. We see him going down the elevator symbolizing he's descending to hell where he belongs. Before we hear the final words of the film, Harry, Johnny, acknowledging Angel who he really is, Johnny Liebling. There was no happy ending, and there was never a good guy from the first place. The only one who got his happy ending was the devil himself. There's a chance I'm going to say Johnny's name wrong as famous instead of favorite, but since he sold his soul for fame, why not calling him Johnny Famous? So a couple of symbols I got from Angel Heart. Eggs, the blood on the wall, and the lady in black. Now first we're going to start with the egg, and this also connects to Angel's fear of chickens and getting annoyed by it. While talking to Angel and peeling the eggs, Cypher said that some religions think that the egg is the symbol of the soul. While he was eating the egg, Cypher was staring at Angel. Who can eat an egg as intimidating as De Niro? Especially playing as Lucifer. A nice detail is how he takes the egg as Harry's soul. And Cypher eating it symbolizes that his soul belongs to the devil. But there's more to it. Before he proceeded to eat the egg, Cypher offered him a piece. In a way offering his soul back to him. But Harry declined it and said that he's got a thing with chickens. Now when he said that, he threw salt over his shoulder, which in a way symbolizes to keeping evil spirits from following you or blinding the devil in such superstition. But his thing with chickens, eggs are made by chickens, 
which Angel is afraid of. If the egg symbolizes the soul, what does that mean with the chicken? Well, this shows Angel's faith. Now let's move on with the blood on the wall. We saw that a couple of times in this film. Once was in the beginning with the lady in black cleaning it up as Harry was on his way to meet Cypher. The other one is a vision where the lady in black was trying to clean the blood off when Harry and Epiphany were having sex. Foreshadowing the event of sacrificing the flesh that Johnny did on the soldier to steal his soul and run away from the devil. But whenever there's blood on the wall and it shows up in the screen, it just sends a message that somebody's going to get sacrificed. And this leads to Lady in Black. This was one scary part of the film. A figure dressed in all black and faceless. We saw that figure in black washing the blood on the wall and saw her sitting down in three different places. In the sanctuary, in the front row of an execution chamber, and outside of Harry's hotel room. I'd hate to be in Harry's shoes seeing that thing. Then it was revealed to be Robert De Niro clean-shaven at the end of the film. We usually see black being worn by many to mourn the deceased and whenever we see that figure with Harry or Johnny, it's saying that the figure is mourning Harry's sanity or his freedom at his cost. And with the electric chair and clock present in the execution chamber, it also symbolizes that time is up for Harry to stop running from what he did and just surrender. Now what's interesting at the end of the film Harry Angel ran through five stages of grief after finding out he's Johnny. First, denial. Harry kept denying to Cypher that he killed Toots, Margaret, Ethan, and Fowler. He denies that he's Johnny and Cypher is the devil. Second step, anger. Harry kept shouting, I am who I am in the mirror, looking at his reflection. After everything that transpired, that is until Cypher unlocked his repressed memory, remembering how he killed Toots. Margaret, Ethan, and Fowler. This led to the next phase, bargaining. Once he remembered his night with Epiphany, he ran and drove all the way back to the hotel, hoping that he could save her even if he's doomed. Which led to depression. Harry realized that he can't outsmart Cypher after seeing Epiphany dead with his dog tags and gun in the room, which was taken by Cypher at Margaret's house. Realizing that there was no hope, he learned to accept, and that was the final stage. Accepting that he's Johnny Liebling, no longer running from who he is or the truth. And for that, he's expected to burn in hell, with Cypher waiting for him. The ending never gave us a relief as it continues to be unsettling. Especially what we just witnessed with the plot twists and the disturbing moments. The only character who got what he wanted was the devil. Alas. How terrible is wisdom when it brings no profit to the wise, Johnny. Every time I watch movies with plot twists like Get Out, Midsommar, or even Hereditary, I keep telling myself to watch out for any hints or foreshadowing to get smarter. But obviously, these films will leave us hanging with mind-blowing twists no matter how hard we try to outsmart the stories. The revelations of Robert De Niro as Lucifer and Harry Angel as Johnny were the major plot twists of the film. Initially, I thought Robert De Niro's character was of a satanic cult leader or Anton Levique kind of character, wanting Angel's soul to be damned for something. Not very close to what I had in mind, except with damning souls. Never expected him to be Satan at the end of the film, but the major piece of the puzzle revolved around the scene I Know Who I Am with two plot twists back to back. It's in the name first of all, Louis Cipher, and when you say it fast, it's Lucifer. 
we could have caught that from the beginning, but he was being referred as Mr. Cipher or Monsieur Cipher. That was an old trick under his sleeve. Lucifer knew that Harry Angel was Johnny Famous the whole time. In the beginning of the film, when Angel met Cipher when he was assigned to track down Johnny Famous, Cipher said, It's funny I have the feeling that I've met you before. That was the first form of foreshadowing. But Cipher wanted Angel to find out who he really was and uncover the truth by himself. He wanted Angel to be mentally broken down. And that was an old trick in his book, where the devil does not say what you should do, but he would just whisper to your ear and bring temptation, anger, or anything you do that is against the law, and even faith. And at the end, you can't blame the devil since you made the action and have no choice but to accept the consequences. Reminds me of the song Wrong Side of Heaven by Five Finger Death Punch, and the part of the lyrics says, I spoke to the devil today, and he swears he's not to blame, and I understood, because I feel the same. This was a psychological game set up by Cypher. Wanting to punish Angel for borrowing 12 missing years of his soul after making a deal with him. And let's not forget the song Sympathy for the Devil by the Rolling Stones. The lyric says as follows. Pleased to meet you. Hope you guess my name. But what's puzzling you is the nature of my game. Now let's see. The devil enjoys making humans break down and lose. Especially making them lose their faith. That's the goal of the devil. And we learned that in religious studies. Lucifer hates humans so much and vows to take revenge on them, especially with temptation to show how humans are awful. Johnny Famous outworked Cypher to get a new soul and walked away from hell, but Lucifer cursed his new soul as well. We learn that no matter how long he can escape for and what name he uses, Famous has no free will since his soul belongs to the devil the moment he sold it. You can never trick the devil. No matter where you run or hide, no matter how hard you try to tell yourself you're innocent, the moment you sell your soul, it does not belong to you anymore. It's sealed. They didn't show the satanic ritual that was mentioned in the story, except with a small clip of the ritual being performed outside of famous apartments, appearing in red symbolizing the specific room. And there's no need to. It's all up to the audience picturing it. Now here's a question. Do you feel bad for Mickey Rourke's character after revealing that he's Johnny Famous all along? Because first things first, he killed everyone who helped him after selling his soul and played Cypher. Fowler, Toots, Ethan and his daughter Margaret. And he even killed Epiphany. She did nothing to him. The worst part is that she's Johnny's daughter and Angel slept with her. I'm so lost and disgusted in this... Oh, Margaret. Okay. Other than that, the plot twists were the major part of this story and it was great. I just wished the plot could have been more clear because at times I was so lost with some moments. That's why the major criticism of this film was Parker's screenwriting. It could have been more clear and better. Angel Heart deserves a lot of credit. It's actually good. I only had problem with the last 15 minutes just because it felt like it was rushing. It could have spread out the plot twists a bit better. But it delivered what the film wanted to give. One thing I'd like to say. Where was this Mickey Rourke? He was great as Harry Angel. His acting, his breakdowns, the emotions, the psychology says a lot for his work. This was his most underrated role in his career. I've seen Rourke's work in Sin City. The Wrestler as Andy the Ram Robinson, 
and of course Iron Man 2 as Ivan Vanko. But he did one hell of a performance in this film, even better than his role in Aronofsky's The Wrestler, that got him nominated for Best Leading Actor at the Oscars. And he was unrecognizable in this film, as I mentioned earlier. He looked better in the 80s than he does now, especially with the multiple plastic surgeries. From what I learned is that after the film, he did boxing. And he suffered a lot of damage to his face, including broken jaw in the 90s. Hence, he did facial reconstruction surgery. He could have had a stable acting career and kept his face if he didn't touch boxing at all. It was said that Mickey Rourke and Robert De Niro did not have a good relationship at all, to the point that Mickey Rourke hates De Niro so much and blames him for not having the best acting career as he should have been. Did not get a role in Martin Scorsese's The Irishman because of Robert De Niro. But that's not the focus of this conversation. If you look at Lisa Bonet, I've never heard of her, and I didn't know she was Zoe Kravitz's mother, although she looks a lot like her. Let's not forget that she was Jason Momoa's ex-wife. She was great as Epiphany, and this was her first acting role. And last but not least, Robert De Niro was great as the devil. The only reason I knew about this film is because there was a lot of posts of De Niro in black and white pictures, looking sinister and creepy with the long hair and the nails. And because of that, I decided to find this film. In total 10 minutes of screen time, De Niro leaves one hell of a performance and he taught us the same lesson he gave to Leonardo DiCaprio, and that is, less is more. And we saw that with less screen time, his long stares, his quietness, and his sinister smile says it all. Alan Parker wanted to make Cypher look like a satanic cult leader instead of being a larger-than-life depiction in the novel to make him look realistic. It went so realistic to the point that Parker avoids him during his scenes because his acting was so eerie and frightening. De Niro is scary and more convincing as the devil than Al Pacino's depiction in The Devil's Advocate. He was quiet, sinister, and calm compared to Pacino, especially with his appearance. The cane, the long nails, the beard, and the long hair. Gives me the absolute creeps. Despite not having a box office success and the film being criticized for Parker's screenwriting, Angel Heart has been regarded as underappreciated and influential. It became a cult classic and was praised for its acting performances, the score, the cinematography, and the production design. And this is where we conclude the discussion of Angel Heart, breaking down the film, analyzing, and talking about the development of the story. The major influence behind Christopher Nolan's Memento and ranked number 9 in top 10 best cult classic horror movies of all time by Forbes. If you have movies for us to break down, especially horror films, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And if you haven't, make sure to check out our previous episodes already available on all platforms. Anchor, Spotify, Apple, and Google. Subscribe to our YouTube page, where we upload some of our episodes found on the podcast and original videos exclusively available there. And if you made it this far, our next episode will break down the Disney Plus Marvel Studios original Werewolf by Nights. So it's going to be very exciting. And we will see you next time on Films Unchained Podcast, the place of breakdowns, movie analysis, and film talks. Remember who you are, and don't sell your soul. Remember who you are. the d-
devil made me do it. Whoa. It was the axe of a man possessed. 